You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to Ismax. Ismax. If you can figure out what you're passionate about and the gifts and skill sets that you already have, no matter how old you are, there are things that you can do that are unique. And the beautiful thing is no one else is ever going to exist exactly like you. So your job, your only job while you're here is to figure out what are those things that make you light up. Welcome to Ear Snacks. I'm Andrew. And I'm Izzy. Wait, what? Izzy? Where's Polly? Um, she's late. <laughs> We're letting her sleep in because today is one of the shortest days of the year. It's the winter solstice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy solstice. Happy solstice. <laughs> today on Ear Snacks, since it's such a short day and there's not very much light in it, we wanted to think about some of the deepest, darkest places in the world. Can you think of any deep, dark places in the world, Izzy? How about the Mariana Trench? What's the Mariana Trench? It's a very deep place in in the ocean. <gasps> a deep place in it's the sorta, ocean. It's sort of like a, a cave in the ocean, but going down and not going to the side. Whoa, a deep, deep, deep cave. A trench in the ocean. Hmm. I bet light doesn't really get that far down there. I wonder what kind of things can live at the bottom of the ocean. And if they have any lights. Well, definitely humans. Oh yeah, humans have lights? (laughs) Yes. Well, if we're like in a submersible or some kind of weight like machine that gets us down there. Or a flashlight or something. A flashlight! Like some flashlights, sure, yeah. And there's also anglerfish. What? What's an anglerfish? A anglerfish would have a light on its hook thingy, Bob. What? An anglerfish has a light thingy on its hook thingy, Bob. Yes, but I don't think that's the scientific word for the thingy that the light is on. Do you think we should talk to a scientist about that? Good idea. Or maybe a mermaid. Are mermaids even real? Let's find out. Wing, wing. Wing, wing. Wing, wing. Hello? Hello. I'm Danny Washington, and I'm a science communicator and marine biologist and a mermaid. <gasps> you Wait, hold, hold wait a the second. phone. You're a mermaid? Yes, yes. <laughs> or at least I believe I am. I've always loved mermaids. Ever since I was little, I remember seeing the movie The Little Mermaid and I read lots of books about mermaids. I just love that idea of being half fish, half human because I enjoy spending time underwater. That's my favorite place to be in the whole world. Danny Washington has dreamed about studying the oceans since she was six years old. Now she is a podcast host, TV host, scuba diver, and ocean advocate. So as a mermaid, have you ever swum down to the like to the bottom of the ocean, like way, way, way down in the ocean? Well, yeah, the deepest I've ever been was 120 feet below the surface. Whoa! 
Now, I wasn't free diving, I was scuba diving, so I had a tank of air on my back and I had lots of equipment, a mask over my eyes and a regulator in my mouth so I could breathe. And I went down to 120 feet to go look at the animals down there. It was the coolest thing. What did you see down at 120 feet below the ocean? What's it like down there? Well, I was diving off the coast of Papua New Guinea, which is this beautiful island archipelago off the coast of Australia, and they had sea mounts, and so it was covered in corals and sea anemones and fish, all sorts of marine life that were swimming all around me. Even though the fish are doing their own thing and they're not really paying much attention to me, <laughs> I get to hang out with them in their home and watch them, you know, have fun and, and live their lives. I love scuba diving and free diving because it's the most peaceful place. I'm completely present in the moment, and I'm not thinking about anything else other than what's right in front of me, and it's so good. What colors do you see when you're down deep in the water? Well, you see a lot of blue, that's for sure. Blue? And when you get deeper, it gets darker, so there's less sunlight as you go down in the ocean. But thankfully, I stay up above 100 feet usually, and I'm able to see lots of things. So I'll sometimes see reds Red. and purples. And even yellow. Yellow. And if I bring a light with me, a torch, flashlight, I'll be able to see even more colors. Because it gets dark in the water? Yeah, because it gets dark in the water and you're losing light, so only a few colors in the light spectrum are visible to your naked eye. So if you bring a light with you, that will illuminate the things around you and you'll be able to see more intense colors. It's like you're bringing the sunshine down to the deep. When it's dark in the water, mm. maybe at 120 feet or maybe even deeper down. Even deeper? Does anything light up in the water? Yes, they do light up. There are animals in the ocean that have this really cool thing that happens in their bodies called bioluminescence. 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 It's hard to say. Bioluminescence. <laughs> That's a crazy long word. One of our listeners named Quinn was really interested in talking to us about bioluminescence. So when Quinn's mom reached out to us on earsnacks.org, we sent them a bunch of questions. And here is what they shared. My name is Quinn. Where do you live? Uh, Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. Do you have some favorite bioluminescent species? The firefly is my favorite. Isn't your town named after the firefly? Yes. Wauwatosa means firefly in Potawatomi. What parts of a firefly glow? Its abdomen. What color does it glow? Yellow. Does it glow all the time? No, it sometimes flashes. It usually flashes. Why do you think they glow? Um, so they can attract mates and see if there's food anywhere because it's so dark. What is bioluminescence? Bioluminescence is natural light made from living things. Can you break that word down? What does luminous mean? Hmm. Light? Sort of sparkly, shiny, and that stuff. Or luminescence. That's the light part of the word. Okay, and what about bio? Um, natural. Natural? Can you think of any other words that start with bio? Hmm. Biologist? The bio means life. Oh. Yeah, things that are alive. So if something is bioluminescent, 
things that are alive that have light connected to them. It's alive and it can glow? Yes. Bingo. Bingo bongo. <laughs> How does that work? Do you use batteries, like a flashlight? Are they hot? Are they like, on fire? Um, I don't think so. Because sometimes fireflies glow inside my hand and it doesn't hurt. It sort of glows. A firefly provides its own light. With like light of its own. Yeah, but how? How does it work? I don't exactly know how. I don't know, maybe we should ask somebody about it. <laughs> how about Danny Washington? Okay. <laughs> the way it works is there's a reaction, a chemical reaction inside of the animal between these really cool molecules. One's called luciferase. Luciferase. I know it's a weird word, but that is the enzyme that helps make the whole thing happen. Ooh, an enzyme. Enzyme is like a tiny key that opens a chemical reaction. No, 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 wait. Better metaphor. An enzyme, enzyme is like a tiny spark that lights a chemical reaction. They'll either try to communicate with another animal or maybe they're scared and they want to swim away or scare away a predator. And so they'll create this light and it's so beautiful. There are almost 1,500 identified marine animals that can bioluminesce underwater and we're still discovering more every day. So they do it. That's a lot. That's Whoa. more than I thought, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so they do it as like part of their defense or part of their attack or both? Well, it depends on what type of animal it is. It really depends on the animal or the organism. So, so everything from bacteria to algae, bioluminescent algae, to jellyfish, crustaceans, dragonfish, and even sharks can bioluminesce underwater. So they all use it for different reasons. Glowing sharks? Yes. <laughs> with Andrew and Polly. You use a torch underwater to see. Do any of the animals underwater, do you think they use it to see? Or they don't need it to see, they more use it for something else. Yeah, they don't really need it to see. Um, depends also if the organism has eyeballs. <laughs> some, some animals don't have eyes. So some things light up, but they don't have eyes? And they don't need them because it's so dark. Because they grew up in the dark. Yeah, they grew up in the dark and they use other senses to find their way around that watery world. For instance, a anglerfish. An anglerfish. The anglerfish, for example, that lives really, really, really deep. They have a little... Uh, a little pocket of skin in the, at the top of its fishing pole head. Like a little dangle thing. Hook thingy, my bob. In front of their bodies that they use to lure in their prey, and that lights up. It holds algae. That is And it attracts the things that they want to eat. Sometimes we use light for ourselves so that we can see things. But especially when we're talking about holiday lights and, and some other lights, they're signals for others. Yes. And it seems like it's that way down in the ocean, too. It definitely is. It's all about communication with bioluminescence. And when you get to see it for yourself, I've seen bioluminescence at the beach during a just regular evening in the ocean. And I see the waves coming in, they're crashing, and all of a sudden the whole wave lights up. That comes from a microorganism, a tiny little thing called a dinoflagellate. Dinoflagellate. And they bioluminesce every time that there's motion. So whenever the wave crashes, you'd see the wave light up. It's amazing. Uh, what did you call it? Did you call it a dinoflagellate? Dinoflagellate? Dinoflagellate, yep. <laughs> oh, like a farting dinosaur. I don't know. <laughs>
Danny, you are a science communicator and your specialty is the ocean. Yes. And a mermaid. And a mermaid. Also a mermaid. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) I'm wondering, are there things in the ocean that we can't see that might be really important for us to know about? That you can shine a light on? Absolutely. Yes, there are lots of things that we can't see. In fact, you know, the ocean covers three-fourths of our planet and we've only explored up to 7% of it as human beings. That's it. That's not very much. Not very much. One of the things that we're doing on land that's actually impacting the ocean without us even knowing it are microplastics. Microplastics. If you go snorkeling in the ocean or swimming, you might not see them with your own eyes, but there are tiny pieces of plastic in the ocean coming from land because of the things that we do. A plastic bag that breaks down into tiny bits. The water will take that out into the ocean from rivers and streams, and eventually it ends up out there. Unfortunately, animals and organisms in the ocean ingest the plastic. They eat the plastic. Oh, no. Like you and me, we don't eat plastic, right? I try not to. No. I eat vegetables. Vegetables. Those are good for your body, but not plastic. (laughs) And it's not good for the animals out there either. So how do we fix that? How do we change it? Well, we have to start paying attention to the types of things that we're using in our everyday lives. There are lots of products in our homes that we don't even realize have microplastics in them. When I say microplastics, I'm talking about mm-hmm. really tiny bits, like sometimes even toothpaste have these little beads in them and they're made of plastic. Whoa. And people don't even realize. So it's up to us to really pay attention and to use things that are reusable instead of single use. Also making sure that everything that we're eating and we're, we're consuming doesn't have plastic in it. And we can make those choices every day. So part of your work, we know, as a science communicator, is shining light on people who are doing amazing and important work who our friends might not necessarily have heard of. Yes. Would you share a little bit about some, some of, of those them people? And, yeah, their, and projects? their projects. Yeah. So the book Bold Women in Science is all about 15 incredible women throughout history who have made major discoveries and contributions to science from all over the world. I really enjoyed writing this book because I learned so much in the process of researching each of these women and understanding that women in particular have made massive, massive contributions to where we are today and understanding our world. One of my favorite stories, Mm -hmm. Dr. Sylvia Earle, she's my personal shero. She's a marine biologist and uh, she is an oceanographer as well. And she's traveled the world in submersibles. She's a scuba diver like me. And she's also helped create so much positive change for the ocean, bringing awareness to all the things that the ocean does for us on this planet. I just absolutely love her. That's amazing. I've never heard of her. And now I have. (laughs) Well, and you can read more about her. Yeah. When we get her book. Yeah. When we get Bold Women in Science. Yeah. That's right. (laughs) Well, our listeners are all pretty young. That's right. They're younger than the teenagers who you've interviewed for the Genius Generation who are making amazing steps to help our world. Do you think even younger kids than that, kids who are three, four, five, six, seven, can get interested in science and helping the world be a better place? Absolutely. It's never too early to start. If you can figure out what you're passionate about and the gifts and skill sets that you already have, no matter how old you are, there are things that you can do that are unique. And the beautiful thing is no one else is ever going to exist exactly like you. So your job, your only job while you're here is to figure out what are those things that make you light up? What makes you happy? Like for me, I love swimming. I love being underwater. And that really is what has led me 
all these years to what I'm doing today because I've always held on to that love and passion for the ocean and for water. So yeah, you can start today and talk to your parents, talk to your family members and your friends and ask them, what do you think I'm good at? What are the things that you see me doing, you know, every other day that you think is awesome and develop those skills and continue to follow whatever you love. Well, we are so grateful for everything you do and we can't wait for our listeners. If they aren't already connected with your work, we hope they will find you and we'll make sure we're pointing everyone to you. And thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Daddy. I had so much fun. Thanks for having me. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye. Polly, I'm so glad you woke up for that interview with a mermaid. Me too. A mermaid on ear snacks. Danny Washington is all about communication. Just like bioluminescence. That is something I didn't really know before. Yeah. And it's making me think about other lights that people use. They're not holiday lights. Hmm. But we use them all over the roads to communicate with each other. The street lights. The stop lights. Stop lights. Traffic lights. The lights that tell cars to stop are red. The lights that tell cars to go are green. The stop light, the go light, and the slow light. The green, green go... The yellow. yellow means to slow down. The red light red, red means to stop. They tell us to go, stop, slow down. The cars, they just, they can't go. Some cars go through. They might have a green light, but it's an arrow. Some they may have a red light that's an arrow. Sometimes yellow light that's an arrow. The traffic lights help you. Orange and purple and blue. I never saw purple and blue stoplights. That's cool. What does the purple and blue stoplight tell you to do? So the blue ones tell you to ride your scooter and the purple tell you to be silly. Oh, so when the purple light's on, it says, be silly. There's also this thing connecting to it that's this square. And it either has this orange hand or a white walking man. And the people who are on the sidewalk, they want to get through. When the cars are go, the traffic lights is green. Then the people have this orange hand up saying, stop, don't go. The cars are still going. It helps you because if you would walk into the traffic place and you didn't look at the traffic sign, you wouldn't know when cars are coming. What about on cars? Do they have any lights to communicate? On the front of the car, they have these big circles, maybe even rectangles. There's two of them on each side of the car. What about for boats? Any signaling lights? A lighthouse is is a house that people shine light so that other ships can see that there's land. Lighthouses. A lighthouse for boats not to get caught on the rocks. Plane lights. Nighttime. When I'm walking, I see planes and they have flashing lights on them. So lights can tell you something. Sort of like beeps. Beeps. Okay. But when a beep wouldn't work... When a light is on, it means something is. Something is happening. And if we all agree on what the light means... Slow down. Stop. Then we can share that meaning, that idea, with each other. Without even a word.
the light can tell not just one other person, but anyone who sees it something very important. So what about you? What lights do you notice in your day? And what do they mean? What's a light that tells you it's time to wake up and start the day? The sun. The sun. It's kind of like a light. What's a light that tells you it's time for this day to end? The moon and the stars. The moon. The moon. The stars, of course. What's a light that keeps you safe? Flashlights. Traffic lights. Night light. I have one. One light. Just on. And then when mommy and daddy come to bed, they turn it off. When we sleep, it's kind of scary because mom and dad are in a different room than us. So we want to have this little light. It's not a huge light, not a daylight, not a night light. Well, it is a night light, but it's not the moon or the stars or a constellation or the northern lights. It's dark. It's yeah. dim, and it's not big bright. Makes us feel safe. Keeping us not sound. It just helps us get through the night. To help you get through the night, kind of like holiday lights help us get through the winter. If you had a light. That you could shine on something else, so that everyone could see it so clearly. What would you shine it on? As my friend Jen and my friend Jen's mom like to say, that's something to think about. And that's our show. Thank you, thank you, Izzy, for helping me with this show. Thanks to our friend Danny Washington, science communicator and mermaid, and the author of Bold Women in Science, and、uh, the host of the podcast Genius Generation, which is about teenagers who are changing the world through science. It's a really great podcast to listen to. I've really enjoyed it. And Izzy, I want to share it with you sometimes, so you can hear what some bigger kids are doing、um, to help fix our world. Okie dokie. Yeah. A big thank you to Quinn and her mom for telling us what she knows about bioluminescence. Thank you, Andrew and Polly, for letting me be on your show. Thanks again to our friends. Opal, Sammy, Arna, Molly, Sarah, Poppy. Okay, Izzy.、Um, what are we gonna do next on the shortest day of the year? How about? Go downstairs and do stuff. Yeah. All right. Happy solstice. Happy solstice. Da 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 da. Thanks for listening.